Welcome to Pathway to Faith with Bishop Steve Howe. Turn your expectations high as you receive the word from our man of God. Prepare yourself to hear a life-changing message. Let's tune in now. The title of the message is the same as it was last Sunday. The best is yet to come. Put up my quicks, my segment and seven nuggets. They won't even know I'm the nugget man if I don't do it. And then we're going to get into something real quick. We're going to go through it real quick. One, two, three, four, five, uh, six, or however many we got. Nugget number one. Ready? Read. Nugget number one. Read. When you fight change or refuse to change. Come on. Nugget number two. Life is what? Nugget number three. Oh my. Read that one more time. Natural seasons are visible pictures of God's will for our spiritual life. How many natural seasons are they? There are four seasons. Have you ever noticed that you can't grow apples in the winter? Why? It's not the season. So the question now becomes, you need the ability of, that comes from God to discern what season you're in. Is it the season of your life for you to be picking apples or planting seeds for an apple? Nugget number what? Nugget number four, please. Change is your friend. Come on, say that. Yeah, change is not your enemy. Change is your friend. Nugget number five. Change comes to take you to a new level. Listen, you, you want to embrace change and not make excuses. Excuses will keep you right where you are. You know people like that, no matter what you tell them, they always have a good excuse. Yeah, excuses will always keep you where you are. Stop making excuses and make changes. Come on, say that with me. I will stop making excuses and make changes. Nugget number five, please. Nugget number five, change comes to take you to what? To new levels. Nugget number six. Change requires knowledge and honesty. Number seven. Change requires. Say that one more time. Say, stop right there. Say it again. Stop right there. Say it again. Change requires discipline. Anything you want to change requires discipline. Did you listen to me? Did you hear me? Anything you want to change requires discipline. How many want to see some things change? I got both my hands up. Anything that you want to see change requires self-discipline. Read on. Change requires knowledge and honesty. Change requires discipline and purposeful action. Change requires what? Discipline and personal. It requires what? Say it again. Change requires what? Discipline and purposeful action. 
Not just action. Not just doing something for the sake of doing something, but purposeful action. And you cannot have purposeful, purposeful action without planning. You cannot engage in purposeful action without planning. So that means you cannot become successful without a plan. Nobody accidentally stumbled into success. You don't accidentally graduate from college. Can I get a witness? No, you have to exercise discipline and purposeful action, like going to class, doing your homework, turning it in on time. Are you listening to me? Now, here's where I want to go today. Let's go to Ecclesiastes chapter 3. I said something last week that perhaps forced some of you to go home and get into the word of God because you thought I had engaged in some form of false doctrine. Ecclesiastes chapter 3. Ecclesiastes chapter 3. If you're there, say amen. If they could put up Ecclesiastes chapter 3, is it up? behind me Ecclesiastes chapter 3 look at verse number 1 look on the screen ready read read that again to everything there is a season and a time for every purpose under heaven to everything to how many things Solomon said to everything, let me me say it again. Solomon said, I didn't say God said, Solomon said, Solomon said to everything there is what? Ecclesiastes is the dramatic autobiography of Solomon, of Solomon's life when he was away from God. Oh my. Did you hear what I said, mother? So in other words, to understand the Bible, to understand a book in the Bible, there's how many books? 66? But to understand any book in the Bible, you have to first understand why it was written. If you don't know why it was written and then you just read it, then you're going to add your own personal interpretation. Because you won't know why it was written. Are are you listening to me? Ecclesiastes is perhaps the most uh, pronounced, the most mentioned book in the Bible from atheists or from cults because of the statements that are in Ecclesiastes. You have to understand Ecclesiastes, which was written by Solomon, just like Proverbs and just like the songs of Solomon. Solomon is the author. But to really understand Ecclesiastes, you have to understand why it was written. Or you will walk away and say, to everything under the sun, there's a season. 
But God didn't say that. Solomon said that. And out of that philosophy from Ecclesiastes, particularly chapter 3, we get Buddhism. And we get a number of other cultic mysticism kind of philosophy. And Solomon is engaging in a pagan philosophy when he is speaking in Ecclesiastes. Because when he wrote Ecclesiastes, he was far from God. Okay, let me help you. If you were to write a letter to God and you're not serving him, and then you write a letter to God now that you are serving him, you think the letter would be different? Come on, talk to me. Do you think the letter would be different? Well, if you understand that, that's exactly what happened with Solomon. When he wrote Ecclesiastes, he was not serving God. So he was writing from a philosophy of whatever will be, will be. And whatever God has for you, you've heard it. You're going to get it. That's the biggest lie. Whatever God has for you, it is not necessarily so you're going to get it. For God's will does not automatically come to pass in your life. You have to cooperate. Well, let me help you here. For the Bible says, for God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come into a saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Is everybody going to be saved? But it is God's will that everybody be saved. It is so much God's will that the Bible says that God sent his only begotten son that whosoever would believe on him would not perish but have everlasting life. And notice that everlasting life never became a part of your life until you received Jesus. Ooh, Jesus. And notice, you didn't get saved when you got saved because that's when God wanted you to get saved. God always wanted you to get saved. But you didn't want it. Until you finally fell to a low place and done all the stuff you wanted to do only to discover that nothing in this life satisfies. Let me hear this. How many have raised your hands how many of you came to Jesus because your life was so good? I mean, you just woke up and said, my goodness, everything's working. My life is so good. I think I'll get saved today. No. We all came to him because things were not working. We needed a healer. We needed a deliverer. We needed a way maker. We needed peace. We needed joy. We needed eternal life. We needed, we needed a refuge. We needed a friend that would stick closer than a brother. We needed a good shepherd. We needed a pastor. Oh, my goodness. We needed direction. We had made a mess of our lives, and only Jesus could turn our lives around. I, I got off a little bit, but the point I'm trying to make to you is now you're beginning to see 
And you'll read it differently now when you read Ecclesiastes. You'll understand that there are many. Oh, my, I'm going to mess with you now. There are many statements in, in Ecclesiastes that's a contradiction to other scripture. Because when the writer wrote Ecclesiastes, he was what? Wasn't serving God. You remember when you weren't serving God? How you talked? How you acted? The kind of emails you sent? You remember when you weren't serving God? The kind of texts you used to send out? The kind of letters you used to write? Come on now. You remember when you wasn't saved? How you used to act in the line at the supermarket? Some of the things you would say because you were not serving God. He was not Lord of your life. He wasn't governing your life. Didn't you say some things that you wish you hadn't have said? Didn't you say some things that if you could go back and do it over, you would say it a different way? Solomon. And so Solomon in Ecclesiastes if I don't get anywhere else, we're going to get this. Solomon, Ecclesiastes, he's painting a picture to try to get us to see that there is no lasting happiness, no lasting satisfaction outside of Jesus Christ. Are you all understanding this? So Ecclesiastes is a human philosophy. Ecclesiastes is a human philosophy. Ecclesiastes is a human philosophy apart from God. Do you understand that? Now, even though there are statements in Ecclesiastes that are not right, they're right in the sense that God allowed them to be in the canon. So even though he wrote some things that were not right, it's clear that God wanted us to hear it and to understand it for our for our betterment. Yes, or it never would have been put allowed to be put into the Holy Scriptures. You understand that? Even though there were things that he said that that's not what God said. That's what Solomon said. As a matter of fact, in the book of Job, Job said, the Lord giveth. Come on, talk to me. And the Lord take it away. Job said that. God didn't say that. I said Job said that. God didn't say that. He allowed us to see it because he's allowed us to see that when we stray away from God or we allow circumstances or situations to weigh on us in such a way that we lose our sight of God, then we're capable of saying things that we don't really mean. Just like if you don't stay focused on God and you're married, you can get in such a place in your marriage, in a family, in a church where you can say something out of your mouth that you don't really mean. I, I, I want a divorce. No, you don't. You're just mad. You don't want a divorce. You're just pouting. Come on now. Come on, sisters. Don't leave me hanging. Take the mask off. Y'all can't say amen. Are you listening to him? So we say things out of frustration, out of emotionalism that we don't mean. We say things when we're not walking close to God. As a matter of fact, there are things that we will do if we don't stay close to God. That when we get close to him, we wouldn't think of doing. 
Solomon. Solomon. Now get a picture of this. The writer of this book of Ecclesiastes, he had, uh, let me get it right. He had 700 wives. What man in his right mind wants 700 wives? How many of you got one? Can you imagine multiplying that times 700? No, not only did he have 700 wives, he had 300 concubines. Now, I'm not putting it all on him because if you'll study it out, you'll discover he got that discrepancy from his daddy. Because our children learn more from what we do than what we say. It's been proven. If the mom and dad smokes, there's a great possibility that the children will smoke. It's been proven statistically that if the mom and dad drinks, there's a great possibility that the kids will grow up and drink. It's been proven. It's been proven that if mom and dad serves God, there's a great possibility the kids will grow up and serve God. Two people got it. Two families are hopeful. So David, I mean Solomon, didn't get this on his own, fooling with all these women. How are you going to be happy with 700 wives? If you visited one of them once a day, it'll take you a couple of years. C come on, get a picture. If you got 700 wives and you fellowship with her one day and you say, I'll be back. I'll be back. When is your turn? You're talking about a three-year sabbatical. Well, you ought to see some of the eyes of some of these married sisters. Like, that's not a bad idea. <laughs> I'm just trying to get you to, to, I'm trying to paint a picture so you can see what kind of mindset this man was in who wrote this outstanding philosophy that we're to glean from to learn what not to do. Oh, Jesus. Is this helping anybody? So as I said, in 2 Samuel, you don't need to turn there. Uh, chapter number 5, if you'll study it out, you'll see that, that, that Solomon got this kind of activity, this kind of character flaw from his daddy, David. How in the world are you going to be happy? Ain't no way in the world you're going to be happy with more than one woman. It take all the sanity you can muster with one. And her with you. Come on, sister. I ain't gonna let y'all, I ain't gonna get y'all on my bad side. Come on now. How, 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 how are you gonna leave an inheritance and you got all these women? You, you take your family out, you gotta buy a hamburger for her and your children. You take your girlfriend out, 
You got to buy a hamburger for her and her three kids. You do that twice a week. You done bought a hundred hamburgers, brother. Think of how much money you would save over 10 to 15 years by buying 80 hamburgers less a week and just put that money in the bank. So no wonder the Bible says a fool and his money will soon part. You're not trying to leave a good legacy running around. Ain't nobody shouting now but two kids who don't know what I'm saying. So Ecclesiastes, again, people of God, he says to everything, there's a season. Tell, tell somebody next to you, say the best is yet to come. And, and just as I stated earlier, just as spring leads to summer and summer to fall and winter, so are the seasons of life. Uh, I think I can use Minister Clayton and Mom Clayton. Would you please stand? These two lovebirds, would you all give them a hand, please? We honor you today. Would you turn and let the congregation see how beautiful you are? Aren't they beautiful, handsome couple? Now, I don't want, you know, to sound facetious or anything like that. I, I, I honor them with the us utmost respect and honor. Uh, I, I'm so blessed by him and his lovely wife. But would you agree with me that uh, they're not in a season of having children? Come on, y'all. Come on. Would you, look, look. Open your eyes. Look. Look at them. I mean, beautiful, handsome. Come on, vibrant couple. Yes? Would you agree with me? Unless God intervenes that they are probably are not, I won't take anything for granted, but it might be safe to say that uh, in them fellowshipping, you got children. I don't think they have to be concerned. Are you following? No, no, no. There's nothing wrong with him. There's nothing wrong with mother. It's just the season. That, come on, give them a hand. Thank you so much, mother and dad. It's just the season. So while you're looking at them, my question to you now is what season are you in? And when you don't correctly discern your season, you can act foolishly. Because you think your season will never change. I remember when I was uh, 19 years old in Vietnam acting a fool. 19 and 20 years old. Doing things like I thought I was invincible. Because I thought nothing could kill me. Just acting a fool. Are you listening to me? But I was just a young lad, 18, 19, 20, 21 years old. Are you listening to me? The, 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 the military would send us off to do something, 
and we would just do it, not even really taking into consideration that at any day we could be killed. We're in a war. Are you all listening to me? If a war was to break out today, are you all listening? The military would not call me to come back to serve. You want to know why? Hallelujah. My season. For one, I wouldn't go. Because my season of acting like I have no sense is over. Good God of mercy. That's why they get you and send you while you're young. The Bible says young men are made for war. Why? They don't have no sense. They think they're invincible. They think they can beat anybody. They think they know everything. So you send them to war. If the government called me today and say, we need you to go back to Vietnam. I'm going to first ask, for what? <laughs> Did you follow? If it's not for vacation or something, I'm not going. Why? That season has passed. Oh, Jesus. So there's a season to plant. God. There's a season to plant if later on you want to harvest. And so you discover today so many older people who are broke and poor because at the season of their lives when they should have been planting, they were acting foolishly. And now they're old and they're broke. The day of catching a brother to rescue you is over. Oh, Jesus. So now the question becomes, what season are you in? Even when it comes to a marriage, what season are you in? You'll discover even in a good marriage, there is a season in your marriage, a time almost every year or every other year, particularly no more than three years will escape when your union will come under attack. You can pray all you want. You can anoint yourself with a gallon of oil. And when you bump into that season where you're to come under attack, you come under attack. But the attacks that come against your marriage or come against you personally are not sent to destroy you but to show you how much you have grown. And if every time the same attack comes and you fall to it, that's a sign you're not changing. Ooh, Jesus. Are you listening to me? So if you're going to have something when you're 30 years old, you have to do certain things when you're 20. 
Are you all listening to me? At 21 years old, how old? At 21 years old, I bought my first house. At 23 years old, I bought my second house. At 23 years old, I bought my second house and started me a janitorial business while I was going to school and working at an electronics company, Pitney Bowes. So I was working full time at Pitney Bowes, going to school, college to finish up, and I had a business on the side of a janitorial. Now, that may sound foolish, but I understood at 21 years old that there are certain things that you have to engage in at that age if you're going to have something when you're 30, 40, 50, or 60. And so while some of my friends were still in the streets and having a good time, I was making money. While some of my friends were staying with their parents or renting or leasing an apartment, I bought a house. Because I understood seasons. Are you all listening to me? So there is a time in your life, young people, where you are cute. And you're cute. I mean, you got long hair. You got a head full of hair. I remember. And nothing happened to me. Nothing happened to my big afro in the 70s. Just time. And one day I went to bed at 19 years old with a big afro. And I woke up. Oops, there it is. And when I look in the mirror, the only thing, the mirror is just a reflection. That's all the Bible is. The Bible is a mirror. It will give you a reflection. The, the, the issue is you have to believe what you see so that you can change what needs to be changed. Oh, Jesus. What did I say, sweet? What did I just say? Yeah, I understand. Give me something else. You have to what? You have to what? You have to believe what you see. And most people don't believe. How old are you, son? You just turned 22, didn't you? Just the other day? The ink's not even dry. Just turned 20. Just, 20, just turned 20. You don't even know water's wet yet. But you think you know water. But you, you don't even know water's wet yet. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's just 20 years old. Just 20 years old. Man, just, whew. man, if I could go back and be 20. See, see all these people? Wishing they can go back to be 20. But well, guess what? They can just keep on wishing. Because that season is not coming back. So let me try to close because seasons are important. What season are you in? Now, I know we're a faith church. And, you know, we walk by faith and not by, I understand all that. But there's a season 
that at some point your body will start talking to you. And, and, and your body will say, uh, I hear what Pastor Halper's saying, but, but your body will say other things. Not that it's against the word of God, it's just that season. You, you're at a season where you don't get out of bed as fast as you used to. You still get out of bed. Uh, 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 you're at a season when you get out of bed, it's not a silent motion. It used to be a time you just get out of bed. Now we hear things. Uh, uh. Nothing's wrong with you. You don't need to go to the doctor. It's just, oh, yes. And some of you today watching me around the world, you've been running a long time in a season without God. You've been making decisions without God. You've been doing things without God. And by his grace and his mercy, he allowed you to get through it. But today is accountability. Today is accountability because you're getting ready to transition into another season. And I prophesy over those of you who we are spiritually connected. Did you catch that? Because everybody who go to your church is not spiritually connected to you. They just attend. But for those who are spiritually connected, even with the E-Church, I prophesy over you. And I prophesy that you're entering in to a new season. You're entering into a season of unexplainable favor. You're entering into a season of more than enough. Blessed to be a blessing. You're entering a season. Oh God, I got it. There was a season when Solomon wasn't serving God and he wrote Ecclesiastes. But he didn't stay in that season. The Bible declared that he came to his senses and then he started writing a song to God. The songs of Solomon is, is not something to be read, but we read it. If you're gonna adequately address the songs of Solomon, Every verse in Songs of Solomon must be sung because it is a song. And so in Ecclesiastes, when Solomon gets to the end of his life, he says, he says, I got 700 wives. I got 300 concubines. I'm the richest man on the planet. God has imparted his wisdom to me. And after all of what I've done, I've come to discover that no notoriety, no material possession, no personal education or otherwise accomplishments, nothing will satisfy. Nothing will have lasting satisfaction only when one is in Christ Jesus. Wow, what an amazing message. Thank you for listening to our Pathway to Faith broadcast. If you're ever in the Kansas City metro area, join Bishop and Dr. Howe at Harvest Church International Outreach, 4300 North Corrington Avenue, 
Kansas City, Missouri, 64117. Or catch our services live online at www.harvestchurchkc.org. Be blessed.